Welcome to Hardy Party of Five and a Half. Well, hello. Hello. Do you hear that music, Rebecca? Do you hear it? It makes me want to go watch football. Yes, it does. I love it so much. Like, <laughs> literally, I get a little, like, like something inside whenever you hear that music. I really do. It gets you fired up. It does. It really does. I probably watch more college football than NFL, but I do watch NFL, and we have a fantasy team. Usually, we don't share a fantasy team, but this year we are. Well, yeah, when I was asking, inviting people into our fantasy league, mm -hmm. I forgot to count myself. Yeah. So we ended up with 13 people instead of the limit of 12 that we had. Yeah. So we became partners. We became co partners. Co-owners. And I didn't get to do my very favorite thing about fantasy football. What's that? Pick the name. Oh, yeah. I Do love... you know our team name? What is it? A Megapite. Hmm. Oh, goodness. Oh, there you go. It's not even a football thing. I know, but it sounded cool at the time. Yeah. Like, I like cool names, like Juju on that beat. What were you last year? Ooh, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I don't remember. Was it something about Dak and Destroy? Dak attack? Or... Oh. No, it was Zeke and Destroy. Zeke and Destroy. There you go. Yeah, I always kind of go, I go non-football because everybody else goes to football. But it's a football league. I know. Like. I like the irony of it. I don't know. You're fired. <laughs> you're what? fired as the manager of our fantasy team. <laughs> the league hasn't even started. And you're out. Can you take me out as the marketing guy and I could still be coaching with you? Yes. Okay, so I'm out as the marketing guy for our team. Yes. But I'm still co-coaching because you right. don't want to look at the lineup every It's week. too late because everything you've decided to market for the season's already set up. Like this would, it's not a good plan. But yeah, okay, for sure you're out. But I'm year. on the hot seat though, right? Mm -hmm. Unless we do really well. Right. Yeah, your coaching still has to be determined, like okay. how where we end up. Now we usually end up pretty high, don't you? I usually we usually do pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, but you do. Yeah. I like football, fantasy football, because you only have to check your team once, once a week. A week. Yep. And on Thursday. Yes, and then you can just move on with your life. This is why I'll never play any other fantasy league because I'm not keeping up with anybody's pitch count. When I was a little younger, I tried to do or baseball and rotation. basketball, and it's just. You have to look at it every day, see who's pitching and see who's has no. a game. And, uh, yeah, it's Nobody has time for that. That's right. So today we have on a really so cool guest. We really do. We can't, I cannot believe he decided to join us. Yes. His name is Kyle Yeomans. He is a broadcaster, a real live broadcaster. And he's so cool. Oh my gosh. He's got like the coolest voice. You can just tell why he's in broadcasting. Yeah, it's like a sports-scented candle. Yeah, a sports-scented, that's yes. right. It is. And it he is. is really cool. He gives us all the dish on the Cowboys, but also, like, how he got into broadcasting. Because yeah. I know a lot of kids are, like, want to do that. Like, I mean, it's a cool, like, he's got a cool story. And he gave us some industry secrets that you're going to hear about. Like, Seriously. what they have in the booth that helps them call the game. Yeah. So that was really cool. And I know we have someone on this podcast that can help him out with something he needs to develop. Some and software, you, perhaps. Some software he needs yeah. to develop. If you want to hear more about that, well, you're just going to have to listen up. Because here's our interview with Kyle.
Kyle. We just welcome you to Hardy Party Five and a Half. Thank you so much for joining us. We got a lot of cowboy fans that listen to us. One sitting right next to me and our son. Oh my goodness. He's just going to be over the moon. We have a son that plays college football. He's going to, you have the shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing the yeah. shirt. Just, I mean, he's wearing a, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just going to love listening to this interview. We have so many people excited about this. So thank you for joining us. And our other son, our youngest son, he actually at one point was like interested in broadcasting. So how did you get into that? I mean, so many kids, they're like, I want to be a sports, I either want to play sports or talk about sports. So <laughs> how did you get into that? Well, I was, I was one of those kids. Uh, yeah. I grew up playing sports and I played basketball, football, baseball all the way through. And, and really baseball was where I was, I, that's where I was most talented in. I wasn't very quick. So whenever it was short spurts of running, that was where I was at best. Or I could stay still. I was actually a pitcher. So when okay. I could stand still, that was when I was even better. Yeah. Uh, but just kind of the love of sports started when I was young. I mean, uh, it's it's really funny because even later on when I, I made the decision about junior, senior year of high school, that this was something I really wanted to pursue. My mm -hmm. parents were like, yeah, we, we knew uh, we knew you wanted to go into that because when I was growing up in Waco, uh, the, the instead of getting the Hot Wheel cars like any other child, uh, like any other little boy, I would yeah. go and get the NASCAR diecasts, and then I would set set up my dad's camcorder and I would race and I would call the races. Oh wow! On, on the camcorder like oh, I saw on TV my with my dad and, and so I was a big NASCAR fan growing up and uh and and so it was NASCAR and then football on Sundays we were huge college football fans so I I totally get you with the SNU, SNU shirt and everything and yeah uh so sure. long story short basically junior year of high school I started kind of thinking of where I wanted to go to school and I needed to find a career first is kind of the way my dad wanted me to do it is find a career, then we'll pick a school. Uh, and ultimately sports broadcasting was where I, I saw myself going because I never really had a future playing in sports, but I knew I wanted to be around it. Um, then we started looking at colleges along the way and I ended up at the, the University of North Texas, which could not have been a better fit for me. I, I really enjoyed my time there, but it was, it was my dad kind of pushing me toward doing something that I loved. Yeah. Um, and he does he does stuff like that all the time, too. He works the sideline for Baylor Athletics and uh, does a lot of things with with them just to kind of be around sports because he loves yeah. it. My mom, every Saturday, will send me a get up. It's game day text message because she loves sports, <laughs> too. And, and, and so it's kind of the culmination of that and then doing what I love. And ultimately, when I got to North Texas, I found out not only do I love sports, but I, I love the the broadcasting side of it and the the tech side of, of yeah. video editing and audio and kind of running a production uh, I really liked that side as well so yeah. uh, it was the the marriage of those two things that kind of led me into the career yeah. that I had. that's so cool so are you a Baylor Bear fan I guess since Waco yeah. yeah yeah I grew up a big fan of Baylor and now not going to the school and paying hard-earned tuition I feel like I can't be as big of a Baylor fan <laughs> as I once was um, because yes. I, I did have friends that went to Baylor and paid the the yes. outrageous tuition costs that it does cost to go there. But going to North Texas, that's my number one, but easily number two. I got I got the Baylor Bears. Easily sure. number two. Yeah. So we're um we're in Burleson. So you pass through yeah, you pass through Waco and Burleson every time you go to Waco. We're very close to that, but one of our kids also went to Oklahoma State. So 
if we're looking at Big 12, we, we've got to go Pokes. But Baylor, I always go watch women's college basketball every year with a friend of yeah. mine. So of course, we always go to see a Baylor game. So who was your other team growing up as a kid? Any other, like, what about um, professional teams? Yeah, so I grew up a Cowboys fan. Okay. Uh, I, that wasn't my number one. I think if I had to choose like a number one professional team, it would have been the Rangers. I really grew up a baseball fan, of yeah. course, like I said. And uh, the Texas Rangers were were my number one favorite. When they were, when I was in high school was the two years where they were in the World Series. And I they had World Series days at school and I would bring like, bags of texas rangers gear so my friends that didn't have any rangers gear would be forced to wear it <laughs> yeah uh, yeah exactly just naturally got to get them to be a part of it uh so i'd say rangers number one but the cowboys were, were a close second i always loved yeah. the cowboys and uh outside of college football I, I cheered for them and now if baylor had a player that i really liked go on to the nfl i would cheer for them as individuals like mm -hmm. it was really tough when rg3 went to to washington yeah. Uh, when he ended up there. That was that was a conflict of interest for me. <laughs> you couldn't over. go there with him. Yeah, yeah it was tough. Now I, I still cheered for RG three yeah. when he wasn't playing for the Cowboys, but yeah. Man, yeah. it's kind of hard to do that when the in the same division. So yeah, definitely I had some days where I wore a Tony Romo shirt underneath an RG three jersey. And it was <laughs> if anybody found that today, if found pictures of that today, I would totally be uh, ousted. But always was a Cowboys fan just had a little Baylor in there as well that's yeah hilarious that's cool babe I think he just said that he was in high school in 2010 2011 I know. Yeah. <laughs> yep I graduated graduated from Midway in 2014 that oh, okay. was Midway yeah. High School in Waco yep boy the 2010-11 those were hard years <laughs> as Ranger fans <laughs> Don't, uh, don't remind me about 2011 I know we just <laughs> we actually talked to Jim Sunberg earlier this week yeah we're kind of going over that and he didn't want to talk about it either <laughs> yeah that's that might be one of the last times I've sports cried was yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's a good term. Sports, sports cried. That's a good yeah. term. I like it. <laughs> We're going to take that. Love okay. It. We've had some, we just talked to you a couple of the Savannah bananas. Do you know who they are? Yeah, of course. Yeah. They're so fun. And um, then we also had a couple of minor leaguers that um, from the Cleveland Railroads that live with us a couple, nice. a couple of seasons ago. So you, do you do some broadcasting for minor league? Mm-hmm. How, how, how was that? <laughs> it was, it was a blast. It really was. Now so I would, I would say it was a blast, but it was also a grind. I mean, 140 games and we traveled with the team. Wow. I was with the, uh, I was with the West Virginia power. It's a, it was a Seattle Mariners affiliate now. Okay. Uh, now they're in the Appalachian league, which is kind of like a subsidiary league to the minor yeah. leagues. Uh, but they were in the South Atlantic league at the time. And they, had games in Columbia, South Carolina. They had games in Greenville. They had games in Rome, Georgia, Augusta. Wow. I mean, it was all over the place, really. And, and so that was a ton of fun. Lexington, Kentucky was one of my favorites, too, and uh, was part of that that program for a season. I only went up there for a year um, and did some, some games with them, but uh, then came back to Texas and just got lucky in the timing of a, a Cowboys production job opening up and yeah. Uh, took advantage of that and, and have rode it since then. But I mean, the, the games that I got to call in West Virginia were outstanding. I mean, mm -hmm. with the Mariners being where they were as a franchise right now, their number one starter, Logan Gilbert was our number one starter on opening day. Oh, wow. They're fresh like a rookie phenom and Julio Rodriguez, who's going to win the AL rookie of the year, just signed a half a billion dollar contract as a rookie. 
and, and was sta- stealing the hearts of baseball fans everywhere during the home run derby. He yeah. was there for the entirety of that season. So uh, really, really fun year. And I, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. Wow. Yeah. Our, I know when our railroaders were here, they played a hundred games in 120 days. Yeah. Like we barely saw them. Yeah. <laughs> they, That's just a crazy schedule. I mean, they would drag yeah. in at what, 2 a.m. after they at least got some food after the game and then they were sleeping in a little bit and then they'd get up. I mean, they were at the field they'd be early. At practice by one. It so, was crazy. Yeah. They had a crazy schedule. Okay. Oh, yeah. Speaking of crazy. Yeah. On top of everything else you do, you do Friday night, you announce Friday night lights. So what's What's it like doing Friday Night Lights in Texas? So it's it's nothing like it. I mean, and, and you guys know from Burleson, I, I, yeah. I called the Elks game last week. And, did uh, you? Oh, really? Yeah, I did. It didn't yeah. go well for Burleson and Coach no, John and company. But yes. uh, that's the thing is, is growing up in Waco, uh, Midway High at the time when I was going to school was really, really good. And uh, they won a lot of games and were fortunate enough to make a couple deep runs into the state championships. I got to North Texas. And I, I started with Highland Park. I was their sideline reporter, did some play-by-play for the Highland Park Scots and one of the, the most vaulted athletic programs, not even just football programs. They're the winningest football program in state of Texas history, but they're one of the vaulted athletic departments as a whole. And I got to do a ton of stuff with them. Then I moved on to Whataburger Friday Night Stars, which uh, was recorded in the Cowboys podcast studio every Friday night basically a scoreboard show. We'd go around the area, hit a bunch of the DFW games and we kind of pull scores and highlights and send out reporters. And that was where I finally made the connections with the Cowboys to where they hired me uh, the the following season. And I continued to do that. Then the year after that COVID hit, so that show couldn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. And I I started doing games with Frisco ISD and with uh, Parish Episcopal High School as well. And I did them for a couple of years. So High school football has always been a part of my journey, even back when I was in college, back when I was in high school. I mean, I did uh, an internship at ESPN Central Texas radio station down there. Guess what? I did a ton of high school stuff. So I've always been around Friday Night Lights. And even if my continue or my career, hopefully it continues to grow and I continue to take steps up, I still want to be involved in some shape, fashion, and form with, with high school football. It's just, yeah. it's the purest of, of the way that the sport is played. I love the stories of these student athletes that either overcome adversity, mm-hmm. uh, have, have really grown in, into a brand or have a future uh, brighter than, than they even realize and moving right. forward. So those types of stories always have intrigued me. So anytime I get a chance to call some games, which this year, Thursday and Friday nights, I call games for the Frisco ISD Sports so Network. <laughs> so I have a logical question for you. So I'm very logical about this. This is serious. I have okay. a serious question. Do you go over all the names on the roster before you have to announce them? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You, you like go, because I'm thinking there's so many that you could mess up. So you, many. Want, you, you want an industry secret? It, it's going to take me to go into my bedroom, but I'll give you an industry secret. I want to see okay, it. We got to see it. it. I want to okay, see it. Okay. A couple seconds here. I don't want to <laughs> Okay, so these are these aren't high school boards, but they're laminated and they've got a ton of information on them and they look cooler. Yeah. But these are my what they call spotter boards, and this is for my college games for ESPN. So this is the University of North Texas. Mackerel. Oh my god. So you've got it organized by position, but here's the entire roster right here. So you've got the whole roster numbers all the way through. This is the offense. 
So your quarterback starts in the middle. He's got the biggest storyline board there. Your backup quarterback and your third string quarterback. Okay. And they've got high school. They've got uh, height and weight. They've got oh, their, wow. uh, their years. And then they've got a bunch of information about them here. And then you've got your running backs, your tight ends, your inside receivers, your outside receivers, and your offensive line. Then you flip it. Oh, and you've got the defense. defense. So then you've got your defensive line, your linebackers, and your secondary, and you've got a bunch of stats. You've got coaching. You've got coordinators and team stats. That is crazy. Yep. So, I mean, this way, I I mean, without even looking at this, now I am calling the North Texas game this weekend. Yeah. But North Texas entering in at three and six overall. They did win their last matchup against UTEP 45 to 43 back in 2020. Austin Ani in his first year as a starter. Oh, my God. I mean, Boom, that's that it's a cheat. Oh, yeah, it's all like, right there. So, where did that sheet come from? Did you make that sheet? Make it so, no. that's, yeah. So, I make it for the high The high school games are much they're the same template. I flipped it I for sure, it. yeah, but they're the same template, but a lot less of the notes. It'll still have right. their name, it'll have their number, it'll have their position and where they're starting and their backups and stuff. And then it'll have their year and That's crazy. their, and their height weight. The phonetical pr- pronunciation of their name. Oh, yeah. God. yeah. So I'm trying to find yeah. one as it here. Oh, there you go. Io, Io Adayi. Yes. Oh, my. Oh, and it's got his name of it. You, yeah. How to actually say it. That's yeah. hilarious. So, yeah. That's, that's the, it that the, is a fancy tool. Listen, you can market those. <laughs> <laughs> I I've been told that before. I, I have a, a graphic design background and yeah. I can't take full credit for this template specifically. Yeah. I got this from, from John Morris initially, like the, the pure uh, template of it. And then over the years I've added and taken away and kind of shifted some stuff yeah. around to make it, make it to where it's my own. That's a good practical that's question, man. Super impressive. Yeah. I'm, very, I'm the logical. Wow. Player. That's a lot of work for every game. <laughs> It is. It, it it helps out when you get to see the same teams. Yeah. And so like North Texas, I've got five North Texas games, so I only yeah. have to make it one time, right. and then I just change it and update it from there. Right. Yeah. Uh, w- right now, with with us being in week two of the college football season and week three of high school football, it does it it gets to be a little bit. So like, I've got games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week, and then the Cowboys and Buccaneers coverage on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So the the Thursday and the Friday, uh, it's it's really quick. You got to get all these information and throw it all together and yeah. talk to the coaches, throw that into notes. And then Saturday, it's a lot more like this, where it's like you don't want to have, you don't want to be missing anything because it's a college game and it's ESPN. No. You want to yeah. do a good job for it. So, uh, yeah. and there's much more information at your fingertips too. Just yeah. Whenever you're Let me tell you where the money is here, Kyle. It's on a <laughs> software. That you could just put the name in and it drops in the most current information you need about that place. Yeah, to have like boxes pre-made. Pre-made. Somebody's putting in all this information. Yes. And you drop click it and you click it down. I, I like that idea. I'm, I need to find a software engineer or somebody. Yeah, I'm telling you, you might have a career there too. <laughs> okay, so you went from podcasting, the high school games, the Cowboys heard about you, you get on with the Cowboys. So I want to talk about something that happened just the other night. You got to do play-by-play for the Cowboy game. Yeah. So what was that like? How cool was that? Oh, man. Dream come true. Uh, because when, especially when I started going into sports broadcasting, my my first thought and what is still my passion is play-by-play. That's what I want to do 
uh, as, as an end goal. And, and the studio hosting with TV side and then uh, the podcast hosting, that's all great. And, and I love doing that stuff too. And it's, it's got its own, uh, its own draw to me and to my passion of the business. But play-by-play is always, in my mind, the most fun that I have because you get to be a part of the game. You get to be a mm-hmm. part of the action. And, yeah, I got a chance to call the the Los Angeles Chargers and the Cowboys at SoFi Stadium. And, uh, I mean, I've gotten to call a bunch of college games and, of course, a ton of high school games from some of the coolest venues that you've ever seen. Uh, but really getting to settle into a full SoFi Stadium and get to, to call an actual TV broadcast was something – if I never get a chance to do it again, I get to say that I've done it. I got yeah. to I got to call an NFL game. And so that yeah. was so much fun. Now, hopefully that's not the last time I got I get to call an NFL right. game or at least a big game like that. Still striving, still young, trying to get uh, get to where I can in the business. But mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for the opportunity. And uh, I got great feedback, which is also a good sign is that, is that I hopefully did a good job and uh, yeah. a little bit nervous, but it was still really, really fun along <laughs> I think you have a lot of games, play-by-play games in your future. For yeah. The NFL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have no doubt about it. He was it. very impressed. Yeah. As long as you guys <laughs> put in a good word for me, then I'm oh, yeah, That's right. I'll sure. talk to Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I'm on the helicopter with him. I'll, I'll let him know how it's going. <laughs> yeah. So multi-sport broadcaster, how do you keep up the energy for every game? Also, second question, I hear you're getting married soon. Have you thought about how you're going to balance that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we so, got 30 years of marriage under our belt, so we can help you out here. Yeah. Hey, I may be hitting you up for it at some <laughs> point, but yeah, that, that, that was actually going to be my answer to the first question was okay. I've got a great support system around me. I yeah. mean, my fiance, Lorena, we actually met at a TV station at North Texas. And so, uh, we, we have, we know the business together and she does yeah. some hosting, uh, as well. She does some like encore MC stuff and she's done some entertainment hosting with Disney cruise line in the past. And mm-hmm. I'm just as proud as her uh, of her as yeah. she is with me. And so yeah. you kind of understand the the business. And yeah. while there are times where she's like, Oh my gosh, it's football season. This is not okay. <laughs> or training camp where I'm gone for a month and I'm, I'm spending a month away from her. That's always yeah. a little bit tough, but, uh, but she, she does know it's a passion of mine. She knows that I'm, I'm still young and I'm trying to make it in the business and I'm trying to grow a, a brand and grow uh, in terms of talent. I mean, and just yeah. continue to work at my craft. She, she understands what it takes. And I mentioned him earlier, but my dad, and then of course my mom, I mean, they've been a supporter of me from the, the very beginning and they've, they've helped me through some tough financial times and then yeah. uh, have helped me really uh, build a foundation for me that, that allows me to feel comfortable uh, when going and doing these events and, and keeping a confidence level and being able yeah. to, uh, to, to try and grow in that aspect. So it is, it, it takes a lot of time and, and a lot of people don't realize how much it really does take to, to call a game or to go yeah. through a pre and post game coverage and do that kind of stuff. A lot of people just kind of turn on the TV and they expect these people just to be right. like talking about the game. There's a lot that goes into it. And uh, it's, it's so much fun when, when it all kind of comes together and right. together to, to make it work. Yeah. And, and truthfully, you, you only talk about the people calling the game if they're doing a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only really notice when you're like, Oh, what is this guy talking about? What are they about? doing? What are yeah. they doing? You mute the TV. Yeah. I'm sure I've had plenty of muters <laughs> over the years. I'm sure. Or you turn it, you turn it down just low enough so you can hear the crowd. And stuff <laughs> not doing yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so the Cowboys season is starting this Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pick your brain about what you think the Cowboys are going to do. 
and he probably knows everything because yeah, he's got probably. a whole he's got a whole sheet. <laughs> okay, so give us a breakdown on some of these position groups first. The offensive line, which just lost a big player, so mm -hmm. how's that looking right now? Yeah, Tyron Smith out for a couple yeah. months. He he had a, a hamstring knee injury, and uh, it, it's one of those things that's been frustrating for Cowboys fans, just based solely on the fact that. He's been hurt before. I mean, it's been a, a matter of when, not if, he gets hurt. And now it's hurt for a long period of time. Luckily for the Cowboys, they made a first-round draft pick at the offensive line spot. And it was initially going to be Tyler Smith, their rookie out of Tulsa, that would fill in at left guard. Now they're going to move him back to left tackle where he played at Tulsa during his time in college. So um, they had a backup plan. It's still question mark on whether or not that backup plan is still – going to be good enough to, to really propel this offense. Luckily, they do have Dak Prescott back there who, who had a great season last year. Number one offense in, in terms of yardage, number one in scoring. Uh, they lost a couple of key pieces as the wide receivers go hmm. moving forward. But uh, that, that offensive line has been probably the biggest question mark. And if Dak's behind it, usually you feel pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah. So who's going to be the backup for Dak? Because they, they released Cooper yeah. Rush. Did they did they bring him back, and now he's the backup? So they Is brought back him, and they also cut and brought back Will Greer as well. So there's three okay. quarterbacks that are on the roster, two of which, though, are on the practice squad. So yeah. we don't actually know who is going to be that first backup to Dak Prescott. If we had to guess, I, I would probably say Cooper Rush. I think Cooper Rush is going to be the backup initially but they brought Cooper or excuse me they brought Will Greer on they released Ben DiNucci who had been around since the 2020 draft uh, but those three guys are really what they're going to run with in terms of the quarterback position so defensive line and the cornerbacks how's the defense looking because defense was pretty good last year yeah and I think they're going to be better this year I yeah. really do I think mm -hmm. this defense has a chance to be unbelievable I, I really do I think you've got playmakers on all three levels which is what coordinators dream about uh, you've got Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, Osa Digizua, Neville Gallimore, all of which that are uh, budding players at, on the defensive line that you expect to really have good years. At the second level, you've got three former Pro Bowlers. You've got Leighton Van Der Esch. You added Anthony Barr as a veteran linebacker. Uh, and then you've got Michael Parsons, who's coming off a defensive rookie of the year season, had 13 sacks a year ago, and he's looking to even best that this year. I mean, he said – uh, in an interview recently, he's trying to go for 20 sacks, which would break the single season sack record by a mile. And, and so he's he's really excited about what he's bringing to the table. And then Mike McCarthy said in his press press conference today that he's really ramped up over the last couple of practices. He is locked in and ready to go starting for Tampa Bay. But uh, and then on the third level, what else can you say? But Trayvon Diggs, he had 11 oh, yeah. last year. Then you had Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, who both had career years with three interceptions. They feel better about the secondary and what they bring to the table this year than they have in maybe 25 years. So the, the defense looks more talented. They look more put together because of Dan Quinn and what he has done as the defensive coordinator now returning for his second year. There's a lot of excitement about what this defense could do. Wow. And Diggs reminds me of Deion Sanders, just the way he's kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just got that flair and that swag. Yeah. Swagger that he's you're a little at. quieter with his swag than Deion was. Yeah, but you can see time, him playing there. Oh, he was yeah. Prime time. He was big, crash. <laughs> he wasn't going to let you forget mm -hmm. who he is. Whereas Trayvon has got the swagger. He's got the cool factor. Yeah. He's always, he looks fresh. He, he yeah. plays well. Like it's kind of, it's a different approach. 
but yeah, yeah I can totally see that. Not quite as loud though. Yeah. <laughs> no. So okay, do they have a kicker yet? I've been trying to follow. Do do they officially have a kicker they can kick? Officially, yes. Unofficially, you should ask whoever because it's going to be different answers down the line. They have Brett Maher, uh, who's on the roster, and he, of course, played for the Cowboys a couple years ago, actually owns the four longest made field goals in Cowboys franchise history. Uh, He went away after missing some extra points, some throw or excuse me, some kicks underneath 40 yards. And then, of course, they, they brought in Greg Zerline. He came in for two years. Now he's gone. Then they brought in some young guys in Liram Hyralahu and Jonathan Garibay uh, to where they could really find trying. They, they wanted those guys to win the job. Ultimately, they didn't. And so they brought back Brett Maher, and that's who they have moving forward. But I think that's a position that's still completely in flux. I think if Maher does not continue uh, to, to find a way to, to be successful, then I think you're going to see some some changes and maybe even find some finagling with the roster to get another kicker in there. Yeah. Okay. So are, who are some young players we can look out for that maybe aren't on the radar right now, but you think that are going to make an impact this season? You know, it's interesting. The wide receiver position is so odd right now because there's two rookies that made the roster, and that's, that's Jalen Tolbert, who was a third-round pick. I mean, he's the top 100 pick in the draft in April, a guy who you really could – think you could count on had great tape during his time in South Alabama but he's been taking some time to adjust into the offense and really really uh, digest the playbook and be in the right place and convert on some plays Uh, Cowboys are doing what they can to get him ready for week number one but then there's this guy named Dennis Houston Uh, and Dennis Houston came out of a small school nobody really knew about him he was an undrafted guy that they signed later on he had a fantastic camp in Oxnard. I mean, he was uh, one of the favorites for Dak Prescott to throw the football to. He came out and played well in the preseason games. He ultimately made the roster uh, after just playing better than Jalen Tolbert and beating out the guy who got drafted in the third round. Um, so those two guys are battling it out to, to be active on Sunday. And, and I think those are two guys that at some point are going to make an impact um, one more on the defensive side, Sam Williams, who's a second round pick out of Ole Miss. He set the single season sack record for Ole Miss last year, got drafted in the second round. Dan Quinn absolutely loves him. He has a similar skill set in terms of speed, change of direction and agility that Micah Parsons did as a rookie. Doesn't mean he's going to be Micah Parsons. He actually plays a completely separate position. Uh, he's more of an edge rusher rather than Micah Parsons being a linebacker. But Sam Williams is going to have a great opportunity to really uh, impress some people, kind of tie that defense, that front seven together, uh, and find a way to be successful. He gave us all that information without looking at his little laminated paper. He's already I mean, memorized. I've been those. looking at his yeah. eyes have been up here the, the whole time. Cowboys, Cowboys are different. That that one I've got, I've got that one unlocked. Now, yeah. Basically, when we get here's another industry secret. When we get into uh, pre-game and like post-game stuff, we have extra stats. So we know the players, we know their backstory. Uh, so this stuff isn't necessarily needed all the time. So yeah. then we get these like extra note packets that have like extra, extra details. Extra details. Wow. Uh, Tom Brady and Dak Prescott each ranked in the top five in passing touchdowns in 2011. Brady had 5,300 passing yards, which was first in the NFL, and 43 touchdowns. Dak Prescott had a 68% completion percentage, which was fourth in the NFL, and 37 passing touchdowns, which was 
I've recorded. So it's like all stuff. Like <laughs> oh my gosh. Brady and Prescott each rank in the top two in yards per game since 2020. Only quarterbacks to average over 300 yards per game over that span. Wow. I don't know off the top of my you head. You don't know that off the top of your head, yeah. Well, that's that's where we start putting notes together and find Right, for out. sure. <laughs> so we were going to talk about some people that have pressure on them, but I want to just cut to the chase. How big a hot seat is Mike McCarthy on this year? You know, it, it's it's interesting because inside the building, it, it really feels like the the players are bought in. They, they like Coach McCarthy. They like the way that he runs the team. They like what he brings from a realist standpoint. He, he's just a guy that understands that these guys are professionals. He understands that they're going to do what they need to do to be uh, in a spot to be good. Uh, and he's more of a manager than he is really a coach. He, he's still going to help develop guys, but he's going to do that through his coordinators. He's going to do that through overarching plan. And then, of course, game time decisions. That's where he really needs to be uh, better this year than he has been over the last two years. He, he needs to win. And, and, I mean, fact of the matter is, that's what it is with an NFL head coach, especially with the Dallas Cowboys. You have to win, and you have to win consistently in the playoffs. That's the other thing is the, the Jones family, Cowboys Nation, People are tired of losing in the playoffs. They want to make a run. So I would say if he doesn't at least win a playoff game, you're, you're really having a, a deep conversation on whether or not he's the head coach next year, partly because his contract wasn't renewed and he doesn't have anything after this year. So it, it, it will be a conversation at some point. So I think it's, it's not hot in terms of him being fired, but if he wants to continue to be the head coach, he's got to find a way to be a, a winner in the playoffs. When you, you talked about playmaking or play calling, and I've noticed lately that more teams are even deep in their own territory, they're going for it on fourth down. I know the Cowboys seem to do that a lot last year. Yeah. So is there a percentage that they're using on that, or is this just a gut feeling? Or So I think it's it's more so the, the use of analytics kind of playing its way into football because yeah. there are analytics that tell you, Hey, there's a percentage in this situation where you should go for it in this situation where you should not go for it. Even though it might be in the same yard line, same down in distance, it's a different part of the game. So maybe you should go for it. That it's kind of, it's analytics and in, in the way that, that uh, different percentages can be used in, in play calling that NFL teams are using. Whereas in the past, you would probably err on the conservative side because it's all yeah. up here. And it's all gut feeling and it's all guys putting, uh, getting, getting to that point and then having to make a quick brash decision without any extra leeway. Imagine, I mean, if you're going up to a decision and it's fourth and three um, and the, the true percentage is your 70% a conversion rate on a fourth and three in this specific scenario. If you didn't know that initially, you would say, okay, maybe we, maybe we go ahead and punt it away. But then you have that number pop in. It says, oh, okay, 70%. That's actually pretty decent. Let's go ahead and go for it. Why not? That's yeah. it's just a couple of those situations along the way that, that will lead to coaches being more aggressive in, in that, that way. Well, and they love you when you make it, and they hate you when you don't. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's just how it goes with coaching, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what games do you have circled on the schedule that, that you're most excited about seeing? Yeah, I think uh, I think really these first two weeks are going to tell a lot, and then also week five uh, against the Rams because you've got you've got Tom Brady who won a Super Bowl two years ago in Tampa Bay, 
You've got Cincinnati, who went to the Super Bowl last year. Those are your first two games, and they're both at home. So you want to try and win both of those games, of course. But if you come out one and one, you're feeling good. If you're coming out 0-2, you're not feeling good. <laughs> yeah. You're going up against two really good teams. Uh, then you play two divisional foes. You've got the Giants, and then you've got Washington. Uh, so you've got Giants, Commanders. Those are both winnable games. You should at least get back to two and two, even if it is a thumbs down in the start mm -hmm. of the season. Mm -hmm. But then you go on the road, and you go to SoFi Stadium, and you play the L.A. Rams, team that won the Super Bowl last year. So then there's another benchmark on whether or not you should you should be solid or not so solid. Right, yeah. Uh, and then you come back and you play Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles. So yeah. these first six weeks of the season, a lot of coaches talk about quarters. You play the, the season in quarters. So first quarter, you were three and one. Second quarter, you were two and two, and you kind of go that way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really the first six games. It's almost playing the season in thirds. You play the first six games, see where you're at. And then I think the second, I guess, two thirds are going to be better for this Cowboys team. But man, they've got a tough stretch starting off. And mm -hmm. I can't really think past a whole lot of that. I know he goes back to Green Bay, plays at Lambeau, and it's the first return of Mike McCarthy in week 10. But I think those first six weeks are going to really decide how this Cowboys season is going to go. Yeah. Well, and we have to win game two. Mm. Because yeah. we're um, our son Jake is getting married too next year. Okay. We're, his fiance, their family are big Bengal fans. <laughs> we're, we're bringing down the guys from her family, mm. and we're gonna go see the game there. Nice. So they, the Cowboys have to win that game, so you need to let Dak and them know that. Oh, I'll let them know. I'll, I'll go yeah. and put yeah. that forward. See, and and my fiance and her brother. Her brother is not a Cowboys fan. But they're the ones that are going to that game because my fiance really likes Joe Burrow and she wants to see Joe Burrow play. And yeah. then her brother uh, wants to see Joe Burrow play. And he already ordered like the white Bengals. Oh, gosh. He's got the, the shiesty sunglasses that oh, he has. Frames. And so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It, it, yeah. it definitely will be. But I'll let, I'll let him know to get away. Okay. It's a, it's a big game for your family, too, then. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> That reminds me of the Christmas that we made a bet with my cousin who their family's big um, they were Cardinals, Cardinal yeah. fans. And we said, if the Rangers win this, then uh, we'll wear, you know, you have to wear Ranger wear to Christmas dinner. And if the cards win, then we have to wear cards. We had to, we had to wear card stuff. We yeah. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that That's why you don't want to talk about 2011 right there. <laughs> right. That's right. That got really personal. Yeah. So. Also, I'm the worst trash talker ever, and then I have to back it up with wearing Cardinals bad clothes. Yeah. So now, <laughs> luckily, my mom was the best trash talker ever, so I got that that one. My dad, my dad's like the nicest, most like chill, <laughs> easygoing guy that there ever yeah. has been. My mom is a pit bull. She will get <laughs> after you with her with her words and with her actions. She'll get you. So I got I got a little bit of both. I can I that's get it when good. I get that it. is a little bit like us. That's a, that's a good balance. Uh -huh, that's a good that balance. Is like us. Um, <laughs> So can the Cowboys win the NFC East? I know we're kind of just looking at those first six games, but what do you think overall? Can we? Can they do it? Can they? Absolutely. Will yeah. they? It, it depends on how healthy they stay and, of course, yeah. uh, some of the execution in those first six games. Because yeah. uh, if you drop a game to Philly and you, you worst-case scenario, drop probably four uh, or, like, those, those three other games, then you're, mm -hmm. you're two and four, and you've got to really climb your way back into uh, some – type of contention contention excuse yeah. me later on and and 
Minnesota's expected to be way better this year. Green Bay's still good this year. You've got them in that middle third of the season. So uh, it really does get interesting if you don't have success early on. Can they and are they talented enough to win the division? Absolutely. I, and I think I would consider them the favorites to win the division, but they've got a, a couple early tests that they're going to have to pass. Whereas last year, almost every time you had a benchmark game, you didn't pass it. Really, the only one that you felt great about was the Chargers win in week two and then the uh, the Patriots win uh, on the road in overtime in week seven. So those were the two games last year out of really the big benchmarks along the way that you didn't uh, you didn't fail. So you can't fail those benchmarks as often. You got to be more consistent against good teams here in 2022 if they're going to win that division. Okay, let's hope so. So, <laughs> yeah. what's your prediction on a record, and how far do you think they're going to go in the playoffs? I, I think they get to double-digit wins. Uh, yeah. I think get at least five wins, hopefully six in your division. So that if you get the six wins again, it's the first time they've gone back to back. I think undefeated in the division since the mid '90s. Uh, so that would be a great win for this Cowboys team moving into the playoffs, but uh, I'd say probably five wins get you in the contention, and then you you stack up five wins outside of that. So you're either 10-7 and seven or 11-6 and six by the time the season comes to a close. I'll say they make the playoffs, whether they're in, NFC champions or not, or they're, they're in the wild card. I think they make the playoffs either way uh, because the NFC is so wide open. And then I actually think they're built to make a run playoffs-wise more so than they're ready to play at week one I really do yeah. I think if they stay healthy along the way they've got a chance to win a playoff game maybe too and then really get rolling but uh it's one of those things that you got to believe it when you see it because even last year 12 and 5 you're fully healthy you had everybody available and then you lost in week one against the 49ers so that's kind of what it feels like this year is it's a it's a resilient feel of no matter what we go through no matter what the ups and downs are, the end of the day, you got to make the playoffs and then you got to win games. Yeah. Be playing your best at playoff time. That's right. Okay, I'm fired up now. <laughs> okay, you can do this. Kyle, I'm impressed with your head knowledge. I'm really impressed with your little sheet that you have. <laughs> so impressive. I'm looking forward to your software that you're going to develop. Yeah, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, you're going to figure it out. But I'm mostly impressed with you understanding that support system and how much that's helped you become who you are and how awesome you are at this job that you've been gifted with. And we're just excited to follow this season along with you. We thank you so much for taking time out. I know it was a late night for you <laughs> and you've got a busy schedule. I've got a couple hours ahead of me. I got to make more of these. So oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that software would help you out tonight. <laughs> you're exactly right. <laughs> Well, we appreciate it, Calm. Thank you so much. Go Cowboys. Yep, absolutely, guys. And congratulations you on, your, on your wedding. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, Thanks, take Kyle. care, man. There was that sports-scented candle. It really was true. I know. It's very <laughs> relaxing, wasn't it? Yeah, I can see why we would keep the volume up if he's broadcasting. That's right. We're never turning it We're down. We're never turning up. his voice down. That's no, right. That's very nice. Okay. Listen to me, Jerry. He needs to be your guy going forward. <laughs> Just saying. No offense to anyone else. Listen, I've got to know somebody that knows him. That knows who? Jerry. Oh, oh really? <laughs> I'm a hairdresser. I know a lot of people. Okay. I'm going to so find this out. You, are, you network that. Let me I know. will. I will. Okay. So Kyle's got me fired up for the Cowboys. Yeah. So I'm going to 
it got me so fired up. I've looked back and I've got some stats and some details about the history of the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready? This I'm is going to get you more excited because we're going to do it this year, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Okay. So the Cowboys are eight-time NFC champions. That means they won the whole league, went to the Super Bowl. How many Super Bowls do you think they've had? <laughs> How many have they won? One? How many have they won? I don't know. know. They've won five Super Bowls. Okay, I would have said four. Okay, it's been a minute since we won one. Mm. They won one. When I'm not on the team, I try not to say we too much. Yeah. They haven't won one since uh, mid-90s. Anyways, um, (laughs) so the team has 20 consecutive winning seasons. Okay. And they have 19 Hall of Famers. So that's how many great players that have come through Dallas. Yeah. So... That gets me fired up. I know that mm-hmm. we've been right on the edge of thinking it's going to be great, but I think this season, I think just like Kyle said, I think we're going to start a little slow. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can go one and one. If we're going to lose a game there, let's lose to the Bucks and not to the Bengals. So I have some bragging rights right. with the in-laws. Let's do that. So let's make sure we win game two. For sure. So we come out of that one and one, mm-hmm. and then we're ready for the next Ready four. to go. Yes. Okay, well, we've got to go because do you know why? Why is that? Like, we've got to go. you got to practice kicking because I think there might be a spot for you. <laughs> Man, if, I, if I'm if i the option, we're in trouble. And if your predictions are wrong, there might be a coaching opportunity for you as well. <laughs> there you go. We've got a lot of work to do. That's right. Party, party, five and a half, over and out. We'll see you next time.